Welcome to the Carriage to Succeed podcast. I'm your host, Dennis Harris. The Carriage to Succeed podcast is about delivering information that support the development of small businesses. We offer suggestions of business improvement for your consideration based on our decades of business ownership experience. The Carrots to Succeed podcast is available on Amazon, Apple, Podbean, Spotify, and wherever you listen to your podcast. Brought to you by Shore LLC, a full-service small business consulting firm that specializes in deploying first-hand knowledge gained from decades of experience using the resources of time-tested and proven associates to advise and guide you towards a path of successful growth. In other words, we have been there and done that. Today's topic, Black-owned business and state contracts, with special guest Dennis C. Smith, In this episode of the Carriage to Succeed show, I'm joined by Dennis C. Smith. Mr. Smith will share with us some information about how the Black-owned business community is faring in state contracting market and what can be done to improve the opportunity to win more business at the state and local government level. Mr. Smith currently serves as the marketing director for RSC Electrical and Mechanical Contractors, Inc., one of the largest minority-owned businesses in the state of Maryland. He is an adjunct adjunct professor at Prince George's Community College, where he teaches classes in proposal writing, doing business with the government, and how to market your business to the government. He has served as project director at the Washington DC Minority Business Development Agency Business Center. He has served as director of business uh, of minority business, Maryland State Department of Public Safety and Correctional Services, responsible for a budget of over 320 million He was a program director, Missile Defense Agency's small business office at the Pentagon, assisted small business director to meet small business goals, led outreach efforts to support opportunities in a $6 billion procurement budget, and formerly served as director of uh, Prince George's County Minority Business Office, where he led the effort and achieving its highest minority business participation in 1994 and grew minority businesses in the DMV. That's where I first met Mr. Smith, back in the early 90s, and he has been a key supporter to my entrepreneurial ambitions ever since. Dennis C. Smith, welcome to the Cares to Succeed podcast. Please take the mic. 
and share with us I want today to thank some you. of your thoughts. I want to okay. thank you. Yes, sir. All right. You're great. Please take the right. mic. I want to thank you, Mr. Harris. <laughs> okay. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. So on you. Can you hear me, Mr. Harris? Yes. All right. Thank you very much. That's right. I want to thank you for uh, including me here on your podcast. We're going to talk a little bit today about the uh, state of Maryland and its uh, minority business performance. And um, we're going to talk about some of the, uh, and, and, and we're going to place it in a context as well. Uh, uh, I, I've been working with minority businesses since 1984, uh, helping to establish the minority business program um, in the state of Maryland. And I copied, or uh, I, I reviewed what the, um, uh, what the federal government had did with minority businesses under uh, under public law 95507, established by Pine Mitchell, and what the state of Maryland had done in the 19, and that was in 1976, uh, and set and signed into law in 1978. Um, and, and we went from there to helping to establish Prince George's County and watching what Marion Barry was doing in Washington, D.C., establishing the minority business office there. So, uh, I reviewed a lot of those programs in establishing Prince George's County's program and have worked with the state and federal government programs uh, afterwards. I have, have quite, a, quite a bit of experience in, in working with minority business. Let me say that uh, at a recent MBE night in the state of Maryland, led by uh, State Delegate Daryl Barnes and, and State Delegate Jazz Lewis and and former state delegate uh, Herman Taylor, um, what we have witnessed is um, uh, uh, we had an MBE night. And some of the data that came out of there said that Black-owned businesses were only doing 3.8% with the state of Maryland. Wow. And... Um, and 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 some of our and some of us was really surprised. I want to say two things about that. Uh, first, I'll say to you. First, let's this first on this side of the table. I'll say to you that in my almost nearly forty years of working with minority businesses, uh, minority businesses have grown in their absolute value, but they have not grown relative to uh, the, the, the overall society in terms of businesses. As we know today, when we start talking about businesses, we talk about trillions of dollars in terms of Amazon and those kind of businesses. And, mm -hmm. um, and when we talk about the Lockheed and Northrop Grumman and the very large corporate entities out in the business world, they, are, they have grown tremendously. Um, Minority businesses and black businesses in particular have not grown to that extent. Now, I can say to you that I have more businesses today that I can point to, black-owned businesses that I can point to that are above 20, 20 million. And uh, I was looking at the Washington Business Journal um, this week, and it pointed out one of the largest black-owned businesses in the area, Thompson Hospitality. 
at $750 million. And uh, even pointed out one of the local businesses uh, uh, that we have in Prince George's County at $92 million. And, um, and so these businesses are all under the $100 million, uh, uh, Most of my minority businesses are well under the $100 million threshold, though. And so when we talk about the state procurement, we talk about a procurement budget of around uh, probably between five and six, maybe even up to seven billion dollars. And so when we when we say, "Oh, with seven billion dollars," I said, "Wow, that's quite a bit." Yeah. And so if we, so one percent of that is is seventy million, All right? And so once we get to talking about, "Oh, well, maybe we have uh, three point eight percent." Well, you know, what I mean, you know, we start talking then. Well, maybe we got two hundred and ten million. It sounds like a, it sounds like a different number then, when you put it in absolute terms. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. But when you put it in its percentages, it only seems very small. And that's because so many minority businesses are very small. That's one of the reasons, and that's that's the first mm-hmm. part of the discussion I want to have. Then the second part to that, or another angle to that, is that the state of Maryland, what has it done in terms of, when necessary, scaling down the size of a particular solicitation and making sure that it it, it could, in fact, uh, be inclusive of minority businesses. And that's where I say the state of Maryland has done very little. Matter of fact, pretty much so nothing when it comes to something of that nature. Matter of fact, the state of Maryland under the uh, IDIQ called CATS, a whole lot of minority businesses may win awards, but they have not received a contract. They have not received any contract dollars associated with those particular awards. And... uh, and that's what the minority, and that's what has been the facade that the governor's office, the minority business, and and the state of Maryland has been working with. Oh, minority businesses have received awards of of uh, of hundreds of millions of dollars, but when we actually look at how many dollars have been taken, oh, it's been very little. And so I, I just wanted I want to talk about a couple of solutions to this, and and one of the solutions is that. The state of Maryland needs to break down its procurements into smaller sectors to allow for uh, minority businesses, and in particular black-owned businesses, to receive a larger share of the dollar. Second of all, black-owned businesses need to join together and come together collectively to make themselves larger as joint ventures or as teaming partners when they're going after after uh, after government contracts. And in particular, we'll be talking about today in state of Maryland businesses. And mm-hmm. um, uh, so I think that if we can see both of those things happening uh, and a willingness on the state, it has to be first to be a willingness on the state to allow for uh, the coming together of businesses and the recognition that businesses coming together can, in fact, uh, 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 achieve the capabilities necessary uh, in, in the government marketplace. 
Uh, I have not seen the, the state being willing to do that uh, in any form or fashion, mm. um, while at the same time, minority businesses have not, I have not seen a collective coming together of minority businesses either. Um, and so we, we, we have work to do. We have work to do in terms of, of a willingness on the part of the state government to uh, to shape procurements where minority businesses can 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 bid for them, and we have and minority businesses need to come together to make sure that they are ready, able, and capable of bidding on procurement opportunities. Uh, so you know, I, I I just want to put those two things out there uh, as realities. Uh, in, in terms of the state procurement budget and what we see as uh, progress for minority businesses. Uh, we, we, I mean, and we have to analyze this industry by industry. You know what I mean? If we take uh, uh, information technology as an industry, we must take a look at that and say, okay, where are we within the information technology industry? And how can we make things, how can we improve that industry as it relates to minority business? We have to take this in terms of, of construction as an industry, uh, professional services as an industry, uh, i.e. Um, um, architectural engineering work. Um, uh, we, ha we have to take each of these industries separately and say, how can we impact these industries and how willing are you, the state government, willing to do this? In my uh, experience in working with the state government, uh, I have never seen any real willingness to, in fact, take existing contracts that have been around sometimes for, for, for decades and to, in fact, say we are going to be more inclusive. I have not seen that. Uh, I think that we saw that in inf information technology when we saw with with the uh, with the recent pandemic, and we said, "Oh wow, the state government under its unemployment are still using COBOL or still using old software language in order to tr uh, process uh, process doc process uh, documents and reports and things." And I say to you that that's intentional. But like I say, I can have this discussion with each industry, and and maybe one day when we have more time, we'll uh, we'll discuss each industry to see what we can in fact do to uh, to have uh, each industry to succeed. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, black so Mr. Harris, I say I want to thank you. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. No, I was going to say black. So. You mentioned the second part is the collective um, efforts of black businesses. What what do you have any suggestions around um, organizations or establishment of organizations or participation uh, of uh, business owners in, in an organization that could uh, sort of drive that um, type of uh, agenda? Uh, to to promote uh, joining up together companies to go after state opportunities. Well, or or at least to convince this. I want, I want to say this. I want to say two. 
And I want to say two things as it relates to that. Our organizations, uh, the structure of any organization that we do must should resemble the structure of organizations that that currently exist. Um, and what I mean by that is that uh, business organizations are organized oftentimes as 501c6 corporations. They are uh, a not-for-profit uh, association, but they are a, a business association um, that is that 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 is not a five hundred one c three. They 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 uh, participate and are very active in lobbying and politics and in public policy. You have to be able to be be very able and uh, willing to be to be to lobby and to uh, involve them, themselves in politics. That's a key structure of any of any business association that's out there today. Uh, uh, the, the larger uh, non-minority business associations, uh, many of them fight against affirmative action programs. Most of them, they join against affirmative action programs. They may smile and and shake your hands and take you to dinner, but they are actively oppose you in court. And as, and as we know that in, in 1989, with the Supreme Court decision of Richmond versus Croson, that was a major decision in the Supreme Court that fought against the set aside or, uh, of, uh, for, for, for African-American or, or, or people of color in terms of, uh, in terms of uh, the decision that came down. And the court is even more conservative today so we, we need to understand that. We need to have a discussion on that. And as we in the state of Maryland in particular, uh, representing 35% in terms of the uh, minority population, we need to, in fact, uh, make sure that our legislature, we have we have the largest uh, African-American uh, percentage in the legislature. We, we need to make sure that we have policies that that on flat reflect that now obviously some will say to you that well we can't do but so much because the ruling that came down with a u.s supreme court ruling okay but then we need to be we need to be sitting down having this conversation and making real changes and real uh, uh, uh administrative processes that will be more inclusive how do we do that Mm -hmm. That's another tough discussion. I have not really seen our legislators really roll up their sleeves, bring in the experts to have this kind of discussion. I have not seen that. Yeah. So do you think that... I'm looking um, forward. Okay. So do you, do you believe that if we're able to um, be a part of a collective, um, we could, I don't know, force may be a strong word, but we could encourage uh, the legislators to, um, I don't know, roll up their sleeves and, and, you know, sort of bring in the experts and do that. I mean, is that is that because there's just not enough collective 
um, cohesiveness in in the process? Is that do you? I mean, just do you believe that that's where the challenge lies? Well, it, it, I, I I think that it has to start with the black business community, mm-hmm. not with the elected official. It has to start with the black business community. The black mm-hmm. business community must organize uh, first. In, in, in a structure that I, I mentioned to you earlier, in mm-hmm. a structure that says we are 501c6 organization and mm-hmm. that um, and we have a political action committee and we are going to impact the political process the way that America's political process is impacted. And that's mm-hmm. through lobbying and through funding. And if as a business person, if you aren't a part of an association that does that, and understand that association hires an executive director that works for the business community. Mm-hmm. I'm just talking then about the structure of the organization. Right. And that's important. We have to have that type of organization set up. I'm not talking about no nonprofit 501c3 that, that has education or religion as their primary purpose. No, I'm not talking about that. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about no grant receiving organization. Get away from that. I'm talking about an organization, an association, right? Mm-hmm. And led by a, uh, the board of directors must be business people. And that board of directors hires an executive director and a staff that begins to run and to manage what's needed in spite of policy set forth by that, that organization. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's what begins to happen. Yeah. Nothing it, it's typical. Typical of, 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 of what America has in terms of business businesses that are out there, business organizations that are out there. We have a couple that 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 um, that seem to be gaining traction in that direction. I think um, uh, the business roundtable is one. Okay. Yeah, but um, but they far and few. <laughs> president, okay, yeah, the president's roundtable is one. The president's mm-hmm. roundtable, right? That's I believe the local one in this area president's is based. Roundtable. Yeah, based out of Baltimore, I believe. Is that the, the local one in the state of Maryland area? The local one based out of Baltimore. I think I think that there's there's been one that's been trying to get started in Washington, DC. I think it did get started. I don't know exactly where it is right now. Mm-hmm. But we need okay. young we so need young are, business. Are, okay. Mm-hmm. So there are a couple of organizations mm-hmm. that you believe are headed in that direction that that uh, black owned businesses that are headed in that uh, direction can join and and support. Absolutely, I think. Mm-hmm. Very good. Yeah. Uh, is I there think any they're headed any... in that direction? Do you, Do you have any closing remarks? Um, no, I, I'd like to, like to come join your show again later and, um, and, uh, we can talk more about, um, 
how to, in fact, uh, what what what's our next steps in terms of uh, business organizations? How do we impact public policy, and how do we impact uh, the administrative processes uh, for inclusion inclusion of more minority businesses? Very we good. To, we have to we have to be change makers. Absolutely. Very good. So okay. today we've had a special guest, Mr. Dennis C. Smith. Um, and Dennis, is, as we mentioned earlier in his reading his bio, decades of experience. He understands uh, the things that are needed in the community and, the, and, and, and also specifically in, in the Black-owned business community that are needed to help you to find the courage to succeed. I want to thank you today for listening to this episode of the Curse to Succeed podcast. If you are interested in learning more about improving your opportunities to do business with state and local government, you can reach out to me by leaving a note at www.scottupshaw.net. This Curse to Succeed podcast is brought to you by Shore LLC and is available again wherever you listen to your podcast. It can also episodes can also be found on our website at scottupshaw.net. I'm your host, Dennis. <laughs>